Alright. Hello and welcome to RagerPod. This is your host, Patrick Williams. This is the 8th of October, 2020. And we're coming to you on the Thursday after the Razorbacks. Um, uh, amazing, maybe, is the right <laughs> adjective. Uh, unexpected, for sure. Um, not, not really on anyone's radar screen. Uh, victory Ooh. over the Mississippi State. Well, except for... Uh, Honored, honored host member Tom Logan, who, much like on the uh, baking shows on the Food Network, is wearing the Golden Chef's hat tonight for uh, winning round one of the Razor Pod Pick'em uh, in flying colors fashion by being the only member to pick the Razorbacks to win in Starkville. But nonetheless, here we are, uh, 21-14 victors uh, on the road in the SEC, as our friend Stat Boy always said, uh, tough to win on the road in the SEC, and uh, yet the Razorbacks did, breaking a 20-game uh, SEC losing streak dating back to the Bielema era. So the era of good feelings is back in Razorback football, um, and here we are, 21-14. Uh, full crew tonight, Jimmy G. Welcome, Jimmy G. Thank you, Patrick. Johnny Fanville, welcome, Johnny. Been a long, long time since we had an SEC win. And uh, the uh, aforementioned uh, king of Razor Pod for this evening, anyway, Tom Logan. Welcome, Tom. Night and every night, Pat. Trick. <laughs> um, so, all that said, let's. Tom, you get no, the honors to to jump off first. Like Tom, <laughs> Tom, you get the honors as the resident pick uh, person who picked the hogs to get first crack at the analysis of the game in Starkville. What the hogs do right? Well, I mean they they played great defense. Um, they had a, a they were they obviously had a great plan coming in. Uh, the the bend the bend that but don't break plan making Mississippi State go the length of the field and um, you know it paid off sooner or later later uh, Costello made mistakes and uh, they were really really big mistakes at key times and we took advantage of them. Uh, obviously the pick six started things off they were driving on that uh, on that occasion and it turned into seven for us and. I think it really gave us a lot of momentum um, and gave us some confidence. That, but they, they, they played phenomenally throughout. The offense was in, in bits of fits and starts, but had some promising moments, um, even without a couple of guys who were injured early in Boyd and Burks. Um, they, they, uh, they put in a workmanlike performance. But but the defense obviously was the star of the show. Can't say enough about the uh, the game plan, um, even though it was sometimes frustrating to see, um, you know, eight guys back in coverage. They obviously had a game plan, and, and it, it it paid off. Um, you know, I, and and they were um, just like against Georgia. I thought. The defensive guys were in position against Georgia. Georgia made plays. Um, they they made they made good throws. They made good catches. They had great athletes, and they were able to make those plays. 
and with Mississippi State, we have we we were I guess we were close enough athletically that we were we were around the play still. There was no real busts. Uh, we made them work, and uh, and it and it paid off. Uh, offense did, did just enough, but but really a a fine performance by a well prepared team. Uh, Jimmy G, going to turn to you next. This is one of the many times when I wish we had a court reporter here on Razor Pod, but I believe the uh, <clears throat> back and forth last week went something like, we need like five turnovers to win this game. And I think it was Jimmy G who said, oh, look, if you got a bank on five turnovers, then you're not winning this game. Well, guess what? We got four and technically had a fifth that got – didn't get upheld on replay, even though Kylan Hill did fumble that ball and we had recovered it early in the game. So the five turnovers was, in fact, uh, what happened. Although, the, as someone pointed out, I think the Fouché pick six was on the same drive as the Kylan Hill overturned fumble. So, I mean, four turnovers isn't five, but it was good enough, wasn't it? Yes, sir. Yes. Uh, that's a big uh, – I don't know. It's hard to plan for getting five. Yeah, I'm going to. I was like trying to gather my thoughts, but uh, it's it is hard to count on getting that many turnovers. But hey, I think also, and uh, I'll Tom credit for this. um, It's kind of the Mike Leach mo. If you've seen him at Texas Tech, you've seen him at Washington State. um, The lack of consistency. You know, they could go in and knock off to this and then lose uh, to, you know, TCU or somebody else in the Big 12 the next week. Uh, they could knock off USC and then just get trounced by their cross-state rival Washington and in the Pac-12. So, it, it's what happens with his team. That's the Mike Lee experience. Uh, Arkansas is on the good end of it. Um, Mississippi State, I mean, they had chances. They just – the fourth quarter, they were, like, lived in our end of the field. It was almost like the first quarter against Georgia. Well, you know, Georgia just kept – we were inside the – I mean, that was a little different with – we didn't have that awful field position the whole fourth quarter, but like we did against Georgia in the first quarter. But Mississippi State was living, like, in the red zone. They were just there and, and the time after time and fourth down conversions or throwing a pick uh, or the punt that they fumbled. It was disaster after disaster, whereas the week four against LSU for them, it was conversion after conversion. Um, so, hey, Jimmy, Jimmy G, I got a question I'll for you. I'll pose this. The, I know I'm supposed to be the well, – I was about to pose a question. Oh, oh. And then I'll take your question. Okay? Uh, this is debate rules. I'm like Mike Pence and Donald Trump. I'm going to interrupt <laughs> you. Interrupt me. Um, so, um, and then tell you how rude you are to interrupt me. The story in here, but uh, – you just interrupted me, Patrick. Uh, but, uh, our last two conference wins have been road wins. And I, what was the last home conference win that we had, oh, Johnny? God. Was it in 2016? Oh, it's, well, that, man, I don't, yeah, Florida. Didn't Florida. Last year, I think Ole Miss was our only conference win. Yeah, Florida in 2016. Wasn't it? That's it? Yeah, so the uh, last – What about Brandon Allen's senior year Missouri? Well, that was 2015. 2016, okay, he beat – Okay, I mean, you're off. Yeah. 
Yeah. We beat Florida. Florida twenty sixteen when Florida was ranked what eleven? Ten, yeah. We thirty one ten. Is that our is that our last home win? That last home conference That's, win. Unbelievable. I'm sorry. Unbelievable. But Johnny, what you gonna ask us about this no, no, week's no. game? Was yeah, Florida no, no, problem. no, no. You made a, you made a, both. Of you guys made a good point about uh, about making their offense be patient. I didn't you think that that Leach got impatient? Like you know, we, it, we clearly the way we were playing them, they were not gonna get a three play touchdown drive. They just weren't gonna get it. And I thought in the fourth quarter he got. I mean, you realize if he would have started kicking field goals, we'd have lost that game. I mean, he had three chances. He yeah. had three, cha- had three yeah. chances to kick field yeah. goals, and he didn't do it. He kept going for it, and we stuffed him. And I'm, th- I'm thinking, he's impatient. This is working. He, he, he don't, don't you think that the, the impatience not, was just not Costello? It was Leach. I, thought, I think he – you know, I don't want to say he read the press clippings of a 44-point turn, uh, put, you know, output against LSU, but, you know, that was a game they just weren't going to score 40 points. We had a good game plan. It was pretty obvious that they were going to have to march the field 80 yards, throwing it five, six, eight yards every time. And maybe they could, they, they did it a couple times. But I, I thought once they, you know, once they got within a score, they really started pressing. I thought Leach, I thought Leach pressed. What do you think? I, I'm going to disagree with that a little bit. To me, that never had a feel of a, any of those drives where Mississippi State needed to get points because on the Mississippi State side, because they were only down a touchdown most of that second half, I would counter with when we got in the red zone and went for it, that felt like the wrong call to me. I felt like we needed to go up two scores and we should have kicked it. I know it was painful because we were inside the five on first down and we just couldn't get it in. And that's where ego got the best of us. But to go up 24-14 there, I think would have really changed the complexion of the last bit. But on none of those drives did I feel the urgency on the Mississippi State side where they had to get points. Because, as Logan said, they were living in our end. And you knew they were just going to – our offense wasn't going to do anything. And there was going to be a punt, which may are, you know, coverage optional on our punt team. They were going to be right back at the 40 – pretty quick. So I don't know. I, I disagree. I mean, yeah, hindsight's 20 If he had kicked all three times, they would have won the game by the same token. If we had kicked when we were down there, we would have been up 10 and the whole calculus changes. I just never felt like, and they converted enough fourth downs through the course of the game that you just never got the sense that they were even thinking about kicking it. So yeah, I mean, the math says if he kicks it, he got impatient, and if he'd kicked it, they would have won the game. But it didn't have that flow to me because I felt like they were moving the ball kind of at will. They just couldn't make the play when they got in the red zone. Yeah, they moved it well between the 20s, no doubt. We've seen that before from our team back when we were marginal. Now, on the other hand, I didn't feel like – I felt like – they were certainly having to move it by going to first and second and third down for the most part and converting a good share of fourth downs to do that. So it wasn't like we were giving up 15 and 20 yards a pop. Um, so 
you know, they were, but I did feel like they were executing for the most part through the course of the game. Now that said, a leech team scored 14 points is not executing. I just felt like he was, I mean, it's almost like chasing points and you start, when you start going for two, I felt like once they went for it that first time, he was in for a penny in for a pound and that he was just, I thought he got, I mean, we, you know, disagreements to spice life. I felt he got it. That was the one. Yeah. That, that's the one where I agree with Johnny. The, the first one is when you had the choice. After you miss it the first time, then you're like, like Johnny said, then you're, you, you, you're committed then to having to go for it. The first time, if they kicked a field goal, it had been 21 17 fairly early in the fourth quarter, then you've got a different scenario. But once it was after the first time, yeah, you, you have no chance then to, to kick it. Yeah. You have to go for it then. Yeah, I felt like they were chasing. It's obviously different, but I felt that's kind of the same thing. They they were just they were in then, and in our defense, and to their credit, our defense rose up. You know, they they made plays when they really really needed to. Let me ask this question, and whoever wants to can jump in on it. It's a favorite question of mine. When were you? Did you ever feel like we were going to win that game? I would Must. say victory formation, but then I thought we were going to lose it. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> there were there were two. Well, you haven't two. won an NC game in three years, and yeah, there's no such thing as a victory formation. When I saw the ESPN screen saying your event has now ended, that's about the only time I thought we were going to win. On the on the muff, that when we got when we covered the muff, insert joke here, when we covered the muff and got the football back. And I looked at the clock and did some quick math in my head. I thought that was it. I'm like, like, like Tom said. Then, of course, we get a horrible, stupid penalty um, that they gave him football back. Unbelievable penalty. I mean, I didn't, I didn't even know that after a dead ball, unsportsmanlike, that the clock didn't start to run again. Is it so, only if it's on the if it's on the offense? Is is there a difference in offense or defense? I'm sure there I, is. I guess so. There's it gotta be. be. Yeah, because yeah. the defense would just do it. Would just get penalties, right? Well, right. now well, the difference is you don't get the running clock be. between the plays. You get the 25 second clock because we were able to run some time off. It was just no, like, they weren't. They didn't run it at all. They 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 they, they didn't wind it. They didn't wind okay. the clock at penalties. That was what was surprising to me. I, when he did that, I was really mad in the moment because I thought oh. we went from completely running the clock out to having to punt, and you know we could always get it blocked, and they can you know return. I mean, I was thinking all the Razorback thoughts yeah. that we all have every time we think we may have a chance to win, and well, then I realized that not only do we not get an extra 15 seconds runoff, we lost 40 seconds. Yeah. Uh, and, and, yeah. And I, 40 and additional, yeah. I, I was certain that we were going to lose at that point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, don't y'all think, I mean, we, we mentioned it last week, you know, about when we talked about the good, the bad, and the ugly about the Georgia game, but um, the offensive line is still going to be an issue. Um, oh, it's bad. It's an issue. I mean, I, you know, we we real we we had some success running the football and obviously, you know Boyd being dinged up. Although I think he's going to play this weekend, some hurt. But I we just we're just not able to get push. Now given Mississippi State's got good athletes, Georgia's a top notch defense. So I mean it's a 
course, we're going to we're going to Auburn, so we're getting lower. To Auburn got better D line than Mississippi State. Yeah, so it's not going to be so. any different. So it's it, it's a concern. So what do y'all what do y'all think about? Because I really think because I mean it's, apparently it's going to just pour down the plains this weekend, and it's going to be a little, a little foreshadowing here. I think it's going to be a, a ugly fest, slobber knocker, you know, gross out type of game. So I, I, I I'm concerned about our line. What do y'all think? thinking? Thinking I should have jumped on that 18 point spread that was Monday Monday morning's line. The, there may not I'm be 18 points scored in this game. There may yeah, not. That's that. Jimmy G's totally right. I think this is going to be just an ugly fest. You know, they're they're struggling on offense. I think it's supposed to really really rain, and I you know the chance of the chance of ugly is pretty high in my book. Well, let me before we get too far into Auburn, let me just put one exclamation point on the Mississippi State. You know, before we get too excited about what it was, it was great. It was a win. We hadn't had one of those in a while. Bottom line was we got four turnovers and we won by seven points, and could have lost that game four different ways, four different times in the fourth quarter. So, kudos to the team for not folding because Lord knows we've seen plenty of fourth-quarter collapses in the last eight years. We had a defensive plan. The yeah. players gave effort. I'm happy. <laughs> I mean, that's – I mean, I can sum it all up in like ten words. I mean, we, 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 we played with effort. We had a good defensive scheme. We tackled the hell out of the football. I mean, look, baby steps. I mean, I'm I'm happy. I mean, I am, I'm I'm in fact I'm I'm over the moon. I mean, I, I was Razor Pod's favorite whipping boy, Bumper Pool, SEC Defensive Player of the Week, of the week. <coughs> on the Nagurski watch list. <laughs> hey, he played great. He played great. I mean, we, you know, Bumper probably has his deficiencies, but man, he made some really good plays. He's always around the football. Knock that ball down on third down. It would have been a first down. I mean, he, he made some great plays. Uh, all in all, a good effort. You know, Leach, of course, goes completely. Y'all must not have bought during the game because I can't recall specific plays. <laughs> I said, y'all must not have bought as much as I do during games because I'm not recalling specific <laughs> I know Bumper Pool played a good game, but I'm not – man, that one play, Kevin, that prevented a second down well, from coming a first down. Then we well, stopped I'm, him on third down. The one where man, he left his – Something during the game. How's the one where he left his feet, I know that's the one Jim, or, uh, Pat, uh, Tom Logan's talking about. There <laughs> you jumped. Um, you know, Leach, of course, goes nutso this week, playing the air raid siren in his press conference into the microphone. That's all he did. You know, someone questioned whether, you know, Arkansas's win means that people in the SEC have already figured out his offense, and he just took his phone out and put it by the microphone and played an air raid siren for, like, 45 seconds. He did? Yeah, did you not see that? Uh -uh. No. Yeah. So he's, uh, you know, handling criticism as well as always. But, hey, don't have to see him again until next, next year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Auburn, Johnny. Since you tried to get us there, let's let's go back to you first. Uh, you've already given us a lot of what what your analysis is. 
I mean, you know, the Chad Morris effect is in full effect now on the Plains. Um, I think they scored, what, one touchdown, offensive touchdown this year. Uh, Georgia you know, held them two field goals, uh, not a close game. Um, already some rumblings on the Plains about what in the hell the offense is doing. Bo Nix, apparently when Chad Morris asked him if he wanted to be good or he wanted to be great, he said, I wanted to suck because he's been very bad so far. Um, so, I don't know. Um, no, here's the thing. No matter what Chad Morris – Chad Morris can't screw up the fact that Auburn has big, strong, fast, talented offensive line and defensive lines. Um, he can't screw that up. Now, he may call poor plays, but they're always going to have those, those athletes up front. So, I think that's going to pose problems for Arkansas. Um, you know, it, it's – I think Tom Logan's right. What we're going to see this weekend offensively – when we're on offense is a defensive line much more like what we saw against Georgia. Big, strong, fast, athletic, um, you know, disruptive. And, you know, likewise, you're going to see, you know, some offensive linemen that can lean on us and, and, uh, and when we're on defense and, and try to get – try to push. I think Auburn's going to really try to run the ball. Uh, I think they're going to – you know, Nick's has been really shaky. Again, the rain, I think that's a factor. Um, and I think they're going to really try to – it's going to be a lineup, big man on big man. Stat boys going to love this game. Uh, hat on a hat. And both teams are going to try to establish a running game. I think that is kind of in, our, in, in Auburn's favor. Um, I think their line play is going to be better. Um, and that's going to be a problem for us. We're going to have to never have another great defensive scheme another great defensive effort, maybe get a, you know, a slick ball turnover, uh, something like that. Cause it's, it, there's, there's some things about this game in the trenches that give me some, some, some real concern. Jimmy G uh, to you next, your, your thoughts about Auburn initially, and then obviously we'll pick up more thoughts when we did the pick. Yeah. It, obviously the weather, it, you know, we've mentioned it and it's going to be, big factor. It's going to limit things that teams can do. Uh, I don't know what the wind's going to be like, but if it's rainy and windy, that'll really knock it down um, as far as the passing game goes. But I think last year and uh, in the NFL, I think the uh, 49ers played uh, the Redskins and kind of just a deluge in D.C. And uh, I'm sorry. Well, they were the Redskins last year. So um, Washington football team now. <laughs> Um, and it was like six nothing, I think. It was six nothing, maybe till very late in the game. And neither team could you couldn't even throw a pass hardly. It was so rainy and windy and if it's like that, then it's I mean, it's gonna take a lot of the game planning and a lot of things that you normally goes in out I mean I shouldn't say it like that. They're gonna game plan, but you know what I mean. A regular game plan is gonna be gone. Yeah. Um, if it limits what you can do. But if it's somewhat normal um, even with rain, just a regular rain game, I, I don't like Arkansas's chances because it's – Auburn is way better than us, like Johnny said, along the front. And they've got NFL caliber players in their offensive and defensive line. They're fast. They're strong. They're big. They just have better players than we do. And we just won our first SEC game in 20. Try so you don't think we've been like you said Mississippi or we've said Mississippi State's got patted on the back for beating LSU, and 
I mean, are we really going to end back on the road again? It's two straight road games. So, I mean, the crowd is not going to be as big a factor with the, the limitations of crowd size. But still, it's travel. It's getting out of your routine. It's You've been patted on the back. Everyone's talking about how great it is. In fact, you hardly hear anybody talking about the Auburn game. It's just like, hey, we've been to be State. I mean, it's barely people remember who we're playing this week. So, or people barely remember that we've got a game Saturday. So, I, it's going to be tough. And if Pittman can get us back up and get us into this game and in a position to win it, then maybe he is the next Vince Lombardi. But uh, I, I just think it's going to be a long game for the Razorbacks. Uh, Logan, your quick thoughts and then – Um, yeah, I'm, um, I could see it going either a total Auburn whitewash, they dominate, or, uh, you know, a really, a really tight game. I, I don't think there's going to be, uh, I don't think it'll be 28 to 14 or something like that. I think it's going to be either a, a blowout or a very close game. Um, it's also hard to know how the, the low, crowd really plays um, because I think Auburn's probably, you know, Auburn fans are, they're down in the mouth right now. They're not feeling very good about themselves. And I think it probably carries over and it may benefit uh, the Hogs here. Um, I also agree with the, with the take that the rain may actually help Auburn's offense. They're going to put it in the hands of their runners. I think it's going to be sweeps and, you know, runs up, runs up the middle and all that sort of thing. And, you know, that's, that's going to be tough for us to maintain uh, a defense against for four quarters. Um, but um, at the same time, I mean, you know, Auburn is, and they're, they're clearly not as good as, as, as Georgia, who we've already played. Um, they're probably, it's unlikely they're going to give us the kind of gifts that Mississippi State gave us but they're not as explosive offensively. Um, and it, it, I think it's, I think it's going to be an intriguing game to see, um, to see if we can, if we can pull it out. I, I expect that, um, I, I think in order to win the game, our offense is going to have to do something more than they've done so far. And I, I don't mean like 28 points or even 21. I mean, I mean, making a key drive at a key moment, getting the defense off the field and putting some points up, because really that that hasn't happened yet. Um, and and so we'll we'll see. I think it, I think this game, the hog for the hogs to win, Kendall Browles and the offense and Franks are going to have to win the game. I think our defense may keep us in the game, but they're they're not going to be able to. We're not. We can't count on four or five turnovers. Offense is going to have to do something. Okay. I agree with, I agree with that. Well, we'll obviously get a little bit more when we make the picks. And so with that, Jimmy G, why don't I turn it over to you? Okay. Um, well, uh, obviously, we congratulate Tom. I called him out last week. Uh, he got the back pick. Um, but while he's taking his victory lap, he's not in first place by himself. Patrick Williams is tied with him for first place because our host had Iowa State beating OU. Tom did not have that. So, 
Patrick double up to catch up. He caught Tom. Um, so while Tom was busy strutting like a peacock uh, <laughs> after the Razorback game, thinking he was in first place, uh, Patrick Williams was still working hard and pulled Iowa State out uh, the big win. So uh, Tom and Patrick are three and two. Lincoln uh, Riley on the hot two seat? and three. Is Lincoln Riley on the hot seat in uh, Norman. Uh, he was he was at my house at about eleven o'clock last Saturday night. He was we almost did a we almost, we almost did a well um, check on you, Jimmy G. And uh, in fact, uh, some of my buddies from Springdale that had been watching the Razorback game, I got a FaceTime call from one of them, and I didn't know they were all together. And I popped on, and they all four of them were in the screen and were like, "Boomers!" And I went, "Nope," and just hit the uh, <laughs> hit the video button and ended the call. I didn't want to deal with it, but. Uh, it's like, nope, not going to do it. Uh, so, yeah, it was uh, not great, Bob, as they say. Um, I went one and four. So, But I'll only take the biggest lick for picking A&M beat Alabama. That was just pure stupidity. And uh, so, but the crew did not cover itself in glory early on, other than Pat Williams. He had Iowa State over OU. Uh, none of us had TCU's win over Texas coming. Uh, then the crew all had – except for me, had Alabama. And then we all had Georgia over Auburn. And then, of course, Tom had U of A over uh, State. So this week, um, we're going to kick things off with a game that normally might be our marquee national game before the Razorback pick. But uh, both teams limp in. uh, Very underwhelming. Uh, For some reason, they're still playing this. This Texas State Fairgrounds at the Cotton Bowl, even though it's the no-fan thing, like – you can't move it to campus this year or next, you know. So, OU and Texas are still going to fire it up down at this uh, Texas State Fairgrounds, even though there's no state fair. I don't think there's a state fair going on. Of course, it's Texas. Who knows? Um, they have 300,000 people inside the fairgrounds. Um, so, uh, anyway, this game's just uh, limping in. Uh, I see Johnny is going to take a short break, but he's already doing the Texas pick because the – by God, OU looks bad, but man, Texas losing to TCU at home—that that surely inspired faith in Longhorns. So, Johnny's got Texas. Uh, all right, Patrick. I'm going OU. Uh, Patrick Williams giveth, Patrick Williams taketh away. Uh, took it away last week. Worked out for me. Going to give him back this week. I think they'll win. Um, I think it's going to be a fun game. I think they will be firing on all cylinders. I got to pick, got to take the over. I don't know what it is. I'm sure it's high, but I would, I would think it's going to be like a 48, 45 kind of tunnel. Oh, you. Tom. You know, Texas, I mean, they, they beat TCU. They barely snuck out of a, a win against Texas Tech too. Um, man, it's right. hard to it's hard to pick both these teams that came in with you know monumental expectations. Uh, have to be have to be super disappointed. Uh hard to know who's gonna be the most both motivated here. I guess I I'll, I'll go I'll go Texas um, 42 to 38. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm going to pick OU. Uh, but even if I wasn't an OU homer, I'd still pick OU. I, I can't fathom them losing three games in a row in the Big 12, uh, especially to this dreadful Texas team. Texas is a mess. Um, not, not only did they barely sneak out a win against Texas Tech, they shouldn't have snuck out a win against Tech. Texas Tech completely blew that game in the last two minutes. They had a two-touchdown lead. They're at 15 points with two minutes left. So um, they blew that. Texas looked abysmal against TCU. TCU looked like the better team. I mean, TCU took it to them, like, the whole game. So, uh, and OU, they just kind of – I don't know what's going on with Riley, but – in that the Alex Grinch's defense, but they pretty much just choked away the K-State and Iowa State game. They were the – I'm not going to say they were the better team. I was about to say they're not more, they lost – but they controlled both of those games to the way they were in control. Texas hadn't been in control of anything this year except losing. So, um, OU just gave those games away. And so, if they can fix that and maybe play a little bit tighter, not make as many mistakes, there's – I don't see any way Texas wins this game. Uh, but maybe Lincoln Riley will pull it out of the hat again and find another way to lose. But uh, other than that – I like OU, and I like him fairly convincingly. And Herman really is maybe on the hot seat. Because I've been seeing like, their fans and stuff are about three with him. And so there's some turmoil in Austin. And, what uh, year is he? OU's he's fans are little ups. Year, Jimmy G. Huh? Is this his third or fourth year? Herman's his third yeah. year. Third year. Yeah. So, um, I don't see it. Um, I'm probably wrong, as most of my picks have been this year. But I like to OU fairly convincingly. Uh, 48 to 24, Oklahoma. I just uh, can't wait to see Spencer Rattler put on the uh, big gold cowboy hat. I just I just want to see Herman and Texas slinking off the field like we usually do at the Cotton Bowl. That's all I want to see. Um the only bad thing is they won't have all the fans there. So, the, the, that's the best part, seeing Texas fans ejected. Um, all right, let's go to the ACC. Uh, Virginia Tech and North Carolina. Both these teams are ranked fairly high. I mean, Carolina's in the top ten. So, so you got to know that uh, Mac Brown is – I mean, what a second year. What a great hire by North Carolina, bringing him back. I thought that was just going to be a – you know, get you a, a – a golden uh, parachute for your retirement there. Uh, but Mike Brown, he's got him going. Virginia Tech's got a good club this year. Uh, Fuentes finally seems to have everything going. So, uh, <coughs> Virginia Tech at UNC. Uh, Tom. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. That completely that take both both coaches seem to have their programs rolling. Quinte now in his what fourth probably fourth year, something like that. Um, back Brown back to his second tour of duty, uh, remarkably efficient. And you know he obviously was very good his first time around, but I'm not sure they were ever in the top ten his his first trip uh, in Chapel Hill, but. Um, 
You know, I, I, I think there's just something about this North Carolina team this year. Uh, they're not going to be in the playoffs, but they're they're going to do. They're probably. I think they've got a real good chance of being the second best team in the in the ACC. And uh, you know, Mac Brown is is made his career off in a lot of ways being the second best, and that's not uh, necessarily a shot, uh, given that I would probably take that most years. And Mac has, has done a great job with it. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Tar Heels here. Uh, should be a uh, should be a really good, close, competitive game. I do think both teams are well coached, and um, I, I don't know what to say other than I'm going with North Carolina 27 24. Um. Okay. Yeah. This is – I'm going to take them anyway. I'm not – this is I, – I, Tom's got good reasons uh, for picking Carolina. They're a good team. I like the – they're actually almost fun to watch. Um, and I'm not usually a big fan of Virginia Tech's. Um, and I certainly hope North Carolina wins this game, but that's about Virginia Tech. Uh, I don't know. They seem like they've got it going this year. Uh, after that, they I think their opener got against Virginia – Virginia got postponed because of COVID, and it wasn't Virginia's fault. I think it was Bob Tech had a little issue, but they bounced back, won their first couple of games. So, uh, and North Carolina struggled a little bit more than I thought they would against Boston College. Maybe they were looking ahead. Uh, but I'm going to take the Hokies. I think that defense gets a first-year post Bud Foster. Um, so, I like Bob Tech in a little lower-scoring game. Uh <coughs> Uh, to our listeners, I have a head cold, by the way. It's nothing more serious than a little head cold. So, I want them to think I'm uh, anything serious with me. But uh, Virginia Tech 16, North Carolina 14. Low scoring game. Johnny? Johnny, uh, you're on mute. Let's try that again. You guys have made some there good go. points. There we go. Made some good points about the resurrection of Mac Brown and uh, Chapel Hill. The story of Carolina has really been their defense. Um, I think they lead the nation in rushing yards allowed this year uh, over the first two games. Uh, and Jimmy G made a good point. Uh, Tex had some some COVID and some quarantine issues, and I believe they get their 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 top notch their starter quarterback back this week. And I think that makes the difference. Uh, I think both these defenses have played well. Uh, like I said earlier, Carolina is uh, leading the na- or leading the nation in rush defense. I think Tech leads in sacks, so they're both getting it done in different ways. I just think that putting their starting quarterback back in the hokey backfield is going to make the difference. Uh, I'm going to go Vitek 30-24, uh, but a good game. You know, I I think that Mac Brown deserves a lot of credit. I you know. So many times just bringing the guy back doesn't work. You know, we've seen it at Louisville, Katrina, for, for instance. And, but it seems to have revived. Of course, you know, Carolina was god-awful before he came back. So, it uh, didn't take a whole lot. But, um, you know, good things happen in Chapel Hill. I think this is just one where the added jolt of, uh, of getting Hooker back is going to put the, uh, the Hokies in the winter circle. Uh, thought I was going to have the opportunity for the double up. 
but uh, Johnny Johnny picked VTech. I'm also going VTech. Um, like them more than uh, Jimmy G does, and uh, agree with a lot of I what. I picked Virginia Tech. Oh, you did. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm misunderstood. Yeah, Tom picked North Carolina. That's right. A um, lot that everyone that everyone said about uh, Fuente and kind of feels like they they might have it going here. I'm going to say they'll go into Chapel Hill win. Uh, you know, kind of a Virginia Techish score, 31-21. All right, uh, marquee SEC game of the week: Tennessee at Georgia. Um, Volunteers off to a really good start. Uh, took down Missouri uh, pretty easily last Saturday, and they probably their first game at South Carolina. They were much better than South Carolina. But in the fourth quarter, kind of fell apart a little bit, made that game closer than it should have been against Georgia, who's uh, <coughs> been workmanlike in both their two wins over Arkansas and Auburn. But the defense, of course, just lights out. Uh, the offense has done enough and has looked pretty good at times under Stetson Bennett the fourth. Uh, so we'll see what this got going. If Tennessee is for real, can they uh, get uh, – <coughs> not necessarily a win, but a win would be a huge statement. But uh, Jerry Pruitt seems to be a pretty good hire for them at this point. So Tennessee and Georgia. Uh, Patrick, we'll go back to you. Uh, very, very tempted to pick Tennessee here, but I just can't pull the trigger on it. If the game was in Neyland, I would. Uh, Jimmy G, I assume there's a weather report here that Athens is going to be wet as well. I think that – I don't know that. I'm I'm asking for confirmation. Uh, if assume if it's wet at Auburn. Yeah. Can we get, can we get a, a remote from Jim Cantore? I don't know, but I assume if it's wet at Auburn. <laughs> Well, uh, Georgia and Auburn are, what, a couple hours apart? So I'd imagine if it's get soaked at Auburn, it's probably going to get some rain in Athens. Yeah, I think uh, that plays to Georgia's benefit here because um, they can kind of slow it down, play good defense, run the ball. So I'm going to pick the Bulldogs. Um, low scoring-ish, you know, 24 to 14 is my pick, Georgia. All right. Yeah, uh, I'll take Georgia as well. Um, kind of, I agree with Patrick's analysis. Uh, Tennessee, you know, they, I think they are, a, you know, pretty good team this year. And, uh, Jerry Pritz doing good things. And I like their uh, roster. Good offense. They know what their identity is. Uh, Guarantano's really improved since his first year there. Uh, defense, pretty solid. Uh, they have a few lapses, I think. But they, maybe they tend to relax, I think, when they get big leads, which I don't think is going to be an issue. Because Georgia, I don't think this is going to get out to a big lead. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit – I mean, I think Patrick's 24-14, to 14, man, it's close game. Georgia maybe scores late not Tennessee scores late to make it look closer than it is. But uh, I think the scores are going to be a little bit closer. I think Georgia uh, maybe gets down in the first half but comes back and wins it in the second half. 
I'll say Georgia 7, Tennessee 20. My turn? Yes. Okay. Um, I think I'm, I'm taking Georgia. Um, Georgia defense will face, no doubt about, no, no doubt about it, their best offensive opponent, um, given they faced uh, Chad Morris in uh, week two and Chad Morris's leftovers in week one. Uh, but um, – and so that that gives I think the ball fans uh, some hope, and I, I I agree with Jimmy G. I didn't hear um, Johnny and and Patrick State, but Tennessee they're a good team this year. Um, really been impressed with them. Just think this is a lot to ask um, of the balls playing Georgia, um, and I and I also think Georgia's starting to come around. Uh, you know, a lot of these these good teams have kind of. They didn't get their cupcakes to kind of iron out a few things, and uh, instead they had to play um, the one and one Razorbacks and the uh, one and one Auburn Tigers. And so, uh, um, you know, they 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 kind of ironed things out in that first half against Arkansas, and their their defense looked really good uh, last last you know six quarters. So uh, I'm going to take Georgia. I think Tennessee is, a, is good enough offensively to score some points, but I don't think it's going to be near enough. I think it'll be Georgia very close most of the game, but they pull away late, 31-13. Johnny? Yeah, you know, I really I want to – I'm kind of like – I really want to take Tennessee. I just can't because I think Georgia can ugly up this game and, and just make it a, a, a street fight and, and just make enough plays to ugly out a win. Uh, Tom made a good point. Um, you know, Georgia's had some really good teams with some game manager quarterbacks. And, the, you know, two things, the two games I've seen Stetson get the fourth play, I, I think he can make – you know, he can, he can manage the team and, and get them to matriculate the ball down the field and take advantage of the tons of, of, of weapons he's got around him. So I think I'm going to go with Georgia here, but kind of in a stink fest. In a closer game, I think Tennessee's going to cover the 12 and a half. Um, I think this is going to be a game that's going to be tight, and it's just no team's going to get out and run away with it. I think Georgia's just going to try to keep play it close to the vest, win ugly, um, final score 24-19, Schwami style. And our listeners, Razor Pod does not endorse uh, illegal sports gambling. <laughs> so, what kind of illegal sports gambling? <laughs> we do endorse gambling, but as long as it's legal. <laughs> so, I like um, sports. I like gambling. I like gambling on sports. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. She was into the same things I was into. Tax law and Tennessee football. I don't know why I didn't work. <laughs> um, sorry, sad boy. Sorry, that was like a Lieutenant Weinberg pot shot from about 20 years ago. Um, anyway, uh, big game of the week. Um, how many times have we heard this over the years? Miami, they're back. The U has returned to prominence. Uh, so uh, we'll find it again. 
when every time that's said, they're not back to prominence and they lay a huge egg. So we'll find out Saturday night, prime time, I believe. Uh, Corso and Herbie. I'm not Corso and Herbie. Fowler and Herbie. Uh, maybe may on site, maybe via Zoom um, uh, at Death Valley. Uh, De'Eric King in Miami with uh, take on Trevor Lawrence in Clemson. And I will say this, Miami, the, I've seen two of their games because one week they were playing that nothing else was on, so I watched Miami. But they looked like that game against Louisville, they could have named their score against Louisville, and they did name their score against Florida State. So uh, they're doing what they need to do to look impressive, but we'll find out against Clemson if, it's, if they're for real. And, you know, again, like with Tennessee and Georgia, I mean, they have to win the game. But uh, can they give Clemson a battle? Uh, Johnny, we'll go back to you. Man, you, you really hit, 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 hit it on the head about, you know, is Miami really back? Is Derrick King, you know, is he, you know, he's going to have to play great. I mean, he's going to have to play completely out of his mind to have a chance. Now, he could do it. Um, he could ball out. He's, a, he's a, an athlete. You know, he's, you know, he's got a big arm. He's got quick feet. However, when I saw him play at Houston, you know, a couple times when they got against really good competition with big athletes and got in his face, he will throw it to the other team. And I think turnovers are going to be a factor in this game. You know, Clemson's a machine. They've been there. They've played big games. Um, they've, they've, you know, they, they've, just, they've, they've seen it all. I think they'll be very workmanlike. I think that defensive line of Clemson is going to get after King forcing turnovers. Uh, Clemson's favored by 14 for you sports investors. I think that's about right. I think maybe Clemson gets a late pick six or some kind of short field, maybe stretch it out a little bit more. I'll take Clemson final score, 42, Miami, 24. Okay, Tom. Uh, agree with um, with Johnny's take in a lot of ways. I, I also have seen Miami play a little bit and tend to believe, uh, like Jimmy G does, that it's not a fraud they're back. I think they are they're a good football team. Whether they're back as a program or not, we won't know for a little while. But De'Aaron King's a – I mean, he's a, he's a great quarterback. Um, times I've seen him play, I would – I thought about him, you know, in the offseason when we were thinking that we may have a chance of landing him for a while. And, and he's a he is a difference maker at quarterback. I think he's going to put up some big numbers. But I, I do look a lot – I look at this like the Tennessee-Georgia game. Um, I think Tennessee is back in some ways. They're, they're a good football team this year. I just don't think they're as good as Georgia. Same way with Miami. I think they're – they are a good football team. They're going to win a lot of games. I just don't think they're quite ready to uh, climb the mountaintop that is Clemson right now. And so, you know, Trevor Lawrence and the Clemson Tigers get it done, 45 Okay. Um, yeah, I – it's tough. I, you kind of want to pick Miami just because I don't think Clemson's as good this year as they've been, even though I know they're ranked number one and they're the other than 
Alabama, they're pretty overwhelming favorite. I think they would be against everybody but Alabama. I think Georgia can play on that level too. But um, I, something seems off about this Clemson team, even though I've been – seen more than about five plays of theirs this year because they haven't played any compelling games yet. Um, but I am looking forward to Saturday night uh, since our game's at – Patrick, please correct me if I'm wrong. Our game's at 3 o'clock, right? Right, so. Okay. All right, so this is the ABC primetime game, so I'll be excited for this. Um, I, but I just, it's hard to pick against Clemson at home against a Miami team that really hasn't had – a big, big top five, ten win in a while. Uh, that So, I think it'll be close for three quarters, but I think at the end when it comes time to uh, make a win and play, and Johnny good, brought a good – about De'Aaron King, Houston, when they played big name teams, maybe made just one turnover to him, but maybe one play that just didn't work out for him. <clears throat> so, I'm going to take Clemson. But I do think Miami gets the cover. Uh, Clemson 38, Miami 30. All right, Patrick, set it up for you. Yeah, you, you, you're baiting me. You're baiting me, Jimmy G. Um, but I can't do it. I mean, this is Clemson's league until someone shows that, that it's not. If this were a year where they had lost Lawrence and Etienne and the core of that team that has been so good for so long, I'd be tempted because Miami does look good. You're right. And the two games – yeah, I watched a lot of that Louisville game, watched a lot of that Florida State game. They do look impressive. But two factors give me some pause about jumping on the Miami train. Um, Manny Diaz and in parentheses, Rhett Lashley um, as part of that. But really more germane is teams don't go from being kind of also ran mediocres to knocking off a of Clemson and, and winning an ACC in, in a year. Just that kind of turnaround doesn't usually happen. I know we're talking about the hurricanes and the history and all that, but let's be honest, Miami hadn't been good for 15 years. I mean, the Rick experiment, they had like one okay year, I guess. But, you know, what I remember about Miami for the last 10 to 15 years is a, a whole heck of a lot of independence and uh, Camping World Bowls. So I don't, I just, I'm not seeing where you're going to all of a sudden go into Clemson, South Carolina and, and knock those guys off. So I'm going to go with the Tigers. I do agree with you, Miami, all day with the points uh, to cover um, and, and probably puts a good hard scare into Clemson deep into the fourth. Um, Clemson 41, Miami 35. Okay, so it should be a fun game Saturday primetime. All right, we're here, Arkansas at Auburn. Uh, Hogs visiting the Plains um, for the first time in seven decades or two years, um, <laughs> one of the two. Uh, <laughs> the smallest crowd ever to see an Arkansas-Auburn game at Auburn. Smallest crowd ever. Uh, so Auburn fans have really turned on Chad Morris and Miles on. So uh, – Three o'clock, SEC Network. Uh, I believe the the big SEC Network, not SEC Network alternate. So we have moved up uh, a bit. Uh, I will go first. I kind of the listeners that were paying attention during our preview 
heard me say I didn't think this was a good spot for Arkansas, so I'm going to take Auburn. Um, I hope I'm wrong again. I just think it's going to be a flat spot for Arkansas, even though a lot of our players will probably be motivated against Morris, but I think the work – y'all know me. I'm a practice guy. The work – the Monday through Thursday work I don't think was enough for us this week. Too much celebrating, probably too much uh, enjoying the Mississippi State win. Though, even though they'll be motivated and fired up Saturday to take on Chad Morris, they didn't do the preparation. Not the coaches. I think the players didn't do the preparation Monday through Thursday that takes the win on Saturday. And uh, that was my motto in school. Do the work Monday through Thursday, ace the test on Friday. But um, <laughs> I think Auburn going to be ready. Thank you. And Tom Logan saw some of that dedication uh, in college <laughs> with uh, – the effort I put in Monday through Thursday to be ready for those tests on Friday. Oh, huge effort, I'm sure. Thank you, Tom. He's not even standing for listeners and won't be able to see this. Lo- Logan's muted. There he is. I'm unmuted now. Like my, my, okay. My computer told me I was muted. All right. So, I'm going to – Auburn 23, Arkansas 9. Sounds – hopefully it's a better game than that. Uh, Patrick Williams. <laughs> um. Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you just said, Jimmy G. I don't know that we're ready for primetime on this type of scale. I mean, let's think back. People were predicting the Hogs to go one and nine, two and eight at best was kind of the, the optimistic preview. You know, no one before last week thought we were going down to the Plains and, and had a shot to win this game. I also go back to we got four turnovers and, and one by a touchdown and had to eke that out. So we're, we're flying high and rightly so enjoy the win, but let's come back to earth and realize we are who we thought we are. We are who we thought we were. Maybe that's a better way to say it. Um, all that said, if you're investing Arkansas on the points all day, every day, Whatever it is, I think it's opened at 18, went down to 14 last I checked. Um, and then with the Jim Cantori G's weather report of torrential rainstorm from the hurricane, um, go the under. So I'm going to go real, real low, but never really in doubt. Kind of a 14 to three kind of reminds me of that uh, LSU game in the uh, Little Rock all those years ago in the rain. Um, Quentin Caver returning the pick six. 14-3 Auburn. Shout out to Quentin Caver. We hadn't heard his name in a while on the podcast. <laughs> um, Brandon Holmes took it 42 times uh, that day. <laughs> he did. For 81 yards. He averaged, he averaged 1.9 yards a carry. I think it was like 42 um, carries for 120 yards. <laughs> Third string running back. Um, <laughs> he uh, <laughs> uh, Tom Logan. Tom Logan, our resident uh, homer. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah. all- I mean, I'm riding high right now. What do we got the score this week, Tom? Two and zero in Razorback picks so far this year. Um, pretty impressive. 
uh, I, you know, I, I, my, uh, my middle, my middle child asked me who I thought uh, was going to win uh, driving around today. And I told him what I'm going to tell you. And that's, that's the Razorbacks, of course. And, and uh, <laughs> 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 so, uh, yeah, no, I, I actually, uh, you know, I've, I've thought this through just like I did uh, when I analyzed correctly uh, the Mississippi State game last week, really nailed it. Um, I expect that uh, that same thing will happen again down on the plains with a limping Auburn team in a rain-soaked Jordan uh, Hare Stadium and uh, without very many fans there. And the Razorbacks are road warriors. I mean, they've, they've won their last two straight SEC games that they've won on the road. And uh, <laughs> you know, they're going to do, do it again. That they won. Three years apart. Right, three years apart. <laughs> road warriors. Uh, gonna, they're going to do it again. I like the Hogs here. I think we're going we're gonna to keep them out of the end zone. Gus won't be won't be fooled into taking those uh, fourth down risks. Chad Morris will be trotting out the punt team every time it's uh, third and one and outside the twenty eight and our fourth and one. And um, I think uh, I think the Razorbacks going to pull this out in a field possession game. Late touchdown wins it, fourteen to twelve. Hogs. <laughs> There's probably another Carlson kicking for Auburn. He'll be four for four. <laughs> How are they going to get 14? Oh, 12. They're going to get 12. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Uh, before we get too crazy, with Tom, Tom did pick Arkansas to win 42 to 32 last week. So let's just tamp the brakes on he saw that game, how they saw the game happening. Uh, so uh, about we cut that in half. Um, now, uh, Johnny, Twitter and uh, Instagram and TikTok and all the social media sites were a buzz that maybe Tom should get the anchor spot for the Razorback picks. I know. After his win, said, you know, Johnny Fables usually brings it home. But, uh, I, had to, I had to throw it out there on social media that Johnny's been doing this for years. You know, you can't do it off one week with Tom. <laughs> and uh, our sponsors look forward to Johnny and you know we're going local this year and Johnny we're not quite big enough for the Bulldog and Bald Knob but we did get the Bulldog in Hampton oh this week. good so good. Uh, we got the Bulldog in Hampton sponsoring you great milkshakes great milkshake burger and right now I can attest they're widening Highway 67 through Hampton as we speak the construction is going on before lane uh, so a little easier to get in and out of the Hamp- uh, the Bulldog in Hampton now because um, usually there can be a traffic jam sometimes in Hampton right through there. Uh, so, uh, and, and they did say, if you go in there, listeners, to the Hampton Bulldog this week only and say, Johnny Fable sent me, you can get the hamburger fry shake combo for regular menu price. <laughs> so, we got that going for us. <laughs> All right, Johnny, let's take you it away. You want the pie there? <laughs> 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 they, 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 hey, do they have they have they have onion rings at the Hampton Bulldogs? 
Of course they have onion rings. Oh, yes. I love a good onion ring. The Lit The Hampton, the Hampton Bulldog is really underrated. It's a fantastic hamburger. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, Tom Logan yeah, stole a little they, of my they just don't get the pub. Yeah. Tom Logan stole a little of my thunder. I think there are some things going for the Razorbacks this game. I, and I, and I, I think the, the, the angle with Morris, I don't think that's something that's going to carry you the whole game. But those players have got to want to show, similar to what Ty Story did when, the, the, uh, when Western Kentucky came in last year, they want to show that the problem was, was not them. It was, this cl- it was this effing clown on the sidelines. There is motivation there. And maybe that won't last you for four quarters. Well, maybe it will. But I think that's definitely an angle. Also, you know, Tom said, you know, it's not going to be 90,000 people in Jordan-Harris. It's going to be like 16,000, 18,000. Not going to be as, 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 as difficult a place to play. No, one, no place is going to be that, that way this year. It's just, it just it's where we are. Um, so I think that helps the Razorbacks. Uh, I think the weather is, is, is in our favor. Um, you know, and, you know, I, I, I think that's going to be something that, that the team that's going to want it to be there more, the team that really has got, I mean, it's going to be sloppy. It's going to be, it's not going to be cold, but it's going to be wet, probably windy, hard to handle the football. It's not going to be a fun time day to play football. It's not going to be beautiful. It's not going to be, you know, beautiful co-eds around and it, it, which, which team really wants to be there the most. And I think that's going to be the Hogs. I think that's going to be the Razorbacks. You know, definitely, definitely on a for a sports investing point, Hogs and the points definite. I think the Hogs outright win this weekend. I think we go on the road to Auburn, and we get some turnovers. We we make some plays on defense, and we do just enough on offense. This is what's got me feeling more positive. We had some serious issues on special teams against Georgia. Did we see a lot of that against um, Mississippi State? I saw some good coaching and some corrections. I think we'll get some things fixed on our offensive line, probably just enough. It's positive to me that Burks and Boyd are expected to play. So I think we do just enough in a stink fest. Um, I'm, I'm going back to my Homer roots. I'm on the Pittman bus. I think we we win in a in an ugly game, sixteen fourteen. Oh, I love it! I love it. This is Back. what the pot should be. Patrick <laughs> and I, the naysayers, going with objectivity. Our head, you know, people like man, those guys are assholes. But <laughs> Tom and Johnny, let's go hogs to get it done. Um, and before our listeners lose faith in me, maybe I was distracted last week, but I did hit a bonanza in the Preakness because I had Swiss Skydiver to win. And I put a pretty little penny on Swiss Skydiver to win that race. And it paid off at 11-1. So to our listeners, maybe I was a little distracted handicapping the horses instead of handicapping ball games last week. So this week, I'm back with my game. So, But hopefully Tom and Johnny nailed the that game. That's what we're hoping for. Uh, again, no sleeper picks until the Big Ten decides to show up. Um, Patrick's already honing his uh, – it's like racing dudes. He, Patrick Williams is honing a uh, Big Ten guide for our loyal listeners to buy. So when the Big Ten gets going, Patrick Williams will have a 
complete ra- uh, rundown of all 15 Big Ten teams or however many teams are in the Big Ten now. Uh, so the low so low price of, including uh, that Rutgers preview. Uh, low, low price of $49.99. That's right. Digital copies only. No print copies. We're not uh, sending COVID around to our loyal listeners. You can You can just get it digitally. Thank you. Excellent. And uh, Patrick, did you uh, are you finished working on the Rutgers preview yet? I <laughs> uh, haven't gotten to the East or the Leaders Division. Um, there's I've got 50 pages on Iowa at this point. Um, that's really all the farther I've gotten. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one page on. Oh, I um, can't wait. It's exciting. But uh, again, we'll have sleep. All right. Well, thank you, Jimmy G. Appreciate, as always, you taking us through the picks. Uh, Tom Logan, we have mail. Yes, we do, uh, Patrick. And we had a uh, really strong mailbag, as one would expect, after uh, the first win um, for the Razorbacks since uh, 2017. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's been a it's been a long time coming, but uh, the uh, the mailbags came fast and furious. Uh, our friend Ken wrote in uh, with a little bit of a history lesson, actually, which we always enjoy on Razor Pod. We've actually got a spinoff uh, of Razor Pod called History Pod. Uh, you should look that up. Uh, it may or may not be us who's running History Pod, but uh, we fully endorse its views so long as they're consistent with ours. And uh, I think you can, uh, you'll, you'll see that when you go to your <laughs> store and log down to the History Pod. And that's History Pod, by the way, it's a soft O, History Pod. Uh, so look, look for that uh, in your, in your uh, Razor Pod or in your uh, podcasting downloads. In any event, uh, in the spirit of History Pod, um, Ken notes various famous days in U.S. history. Of course, uh, who can forget uh, the end of the Civil War, April 9, 1865. Uh, U.S. victory over Japan, also known as, uh, as um, uh, B.J. Day. Is that what it was? B.J. Day, yes. B.J. Uh, Day. August 15, 1945. U.S. hockey team beat... Um, USSR on February 22nd, 1980. Miracle on Ice. That's what that's called. People at History Pod probably know that. Um, November 1, 2001, Apple launches the iPod, um, which was, of course, monumental. And now we've added 9-3-2-20 is the day the Razorbacks snapped uh, a 20-game SEC losing streak in Starkville, Mississippi. Um, so it was it was great to hear that uh, rundown of uh, monumental history moments uh, from our friend Ken, and always great to to hear from him again. Um, he also wanted to make sure he had a shout out to Grant Morgan. In addition to Bumper Pool, both those linebackers played a phenomenal job, and of course. Uh, Ken ends with his famous goes, which I think is a razor pod tradition, like unlike any other. Um, always starting with go Razorbacks and the go Army Black Knights. He's got the mule riders in there. 
the, uh, the North Texas uh, Natadores, Paris Eagles, of course, of course. Uh, Jesuit Rangers, Dardanelle Sand Lizards, one of my favorites, personally. Um, Dallas <laughs> Baptist University Patriots made it, made it, of course, a perennial College World Series uh, participant, at least in the uh, regionals. Uh, Richland Royals, uh, Catholic University of America Cardinals. That's one of the new ones, I think. The Leonard Tigers, I'm not sure where that is, but uh, they've gotten a go from Ken, as well as the Selena Bobcats. The new Braunfels Unicorns, the uh, Stephen F. Austin Lumberjacks, and of course, uh, the Smallville Crows and the North Texas Mean Green, which always make it on Ken's go list, which we always enjoy. So thank you, Ken. And uh, all, you know, that's probably that's a uh, Cliff's note. Ken, a proponent of religious freedom. What's that, Jimmy G? We had Baptists, we had Catholics. And yeah, what's the other denomination we had? Baptist. Uh, we had we had Baptist and Catholic. I don't think that we Jesuit. Jesuit. Oh, Jesuit. That's, yeah. a, that's true. That's a sect of Catholics, right? Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's or a, something it's like a, that. All right, good. Pretty sure. But uh, anyway, thank you, Ken, right. uh, for getting in. Our friend, uh, our friend Ty, wrote in, of course, uh, Fable High. Uh, Fable High Ty, as we call him, uh, around um, around Razor Pod, wrote in to ask whether he thought that was mostly the Razorbacks or Mike Leach who won that game. Um, well, I think it was the Razorbacks, but I, of course, I had saw it coming the whole way. Uh, right. And, and uh, Joe Fouché got a shout out from Ty, and then Ty noted that drive time is going to be drive time, and people, most people, were predicting a seven seven and three record. Um, for the Hogs this year, and and Ty also also noted that his last email he was, he had a mistake in his email. It's not Hogs Spin, it's Hog Spin, not Hog Pin. Dot net. Ty's new spinoff, <laughs> not Hog Pin. I need to uh, pay his licensing fees so he can actually get the right logos and wording to email to him. Right. It's it's hog spin. The, the, the Razor Pod uh, intellectual property empire doesn't run itself, Ty. Come on. <laughs> anyway, thank you, uh, Ty, for writing in, of course. Uh, yes, yes, Jimmy G. I do want to say real quick, um, Ty mentioned uh, also a player that we didn't mention in our uh, exhaustive game review was uh, Debian Warren. Mm. Yeah, we talked about our, the lack of offense. Debian Warren was a big time playmaker for our offense, which we hadn't seen in a few years. And I, he really looked like a difference maker. So we need to shout out Debian Warren and let him, like, what a great game he played. Totally agree. No doubt about that. He played a phenomenal game. He was everywhere, it seemed. All yeah, right. Speed. Mailbag uh, tonight, this week is uh, is from who may have been our very first mailbag back in season one of seventeen or eighteen or fifteen, however many it's been. And that's our old friend Friday Night Guy wrote in. Um, Friday Night Guy, of course, um, thrilled that Razor Pod is back for its eighteenth uh, year. Um, 
was thrilled to have uh, the Razor Pod in his download when he woke up on a crisp uh, autumn morning. Uh, he also notes that, you know, how many people last year were, were saying it's not the coaches, but it must be just the players. Well, those players with different coaches sure look a lot better on defense than they do than they did one, even one year ago. Uh, I, I got notes there's a lot of pressure on Auburn. You got all, you know, and it's not just Chad Morris with his experience, recent experience, Gus, of course, uh, spurned the Hogs, uh, who then went with Chad Morris inexplicably um, as their head coach. Uh, and so there's a lot of, a lot of history over there on that sideline. Uh, and then he's got a, you know, notes that it's been a crazy year and he's got, he's got a tagline Friday night guy. That's 2020 for you. That's uh, his tagline. That's 2020 for you. I may start using that, but it's probably doubtful, but I may. Um, anyway, he, he notes, uh, you know, Razorpod came back after the season started. Started. That's 2020 for you. Uh, the Hogs have a better record than OU. That's 2020 for you. Uh, Tom Logan is leading the picks contest. That's 2020 for you. Tied to lead. Make sure he points out. Um, he does congratulate. Uh, Tom Logan. up with that pick, of course. Uh, he notes, and he actually he jumps in on the go train with uh, with Ken. Go Grimsley Grizzlies and their new head coach, Ty Story. Whoa! <laughs> so uh, it's good to see Ty Story landing on his feet. No, no bigger fan in Razorback history of Ty Story than uh, the Friday Night Guy. Was certain that Ty would lead us to the promised land, and if only he would have been given a fair chance by. Coach Morris, uh, I'm sure he would have. But anyway, that's the uh, that's the. Where's he coaching? I missed the name of that. What's Tyson? Grimsley Grizzlies. Grimsley Grizzlies. Not I sure. Would pre- I would okay, presume so that's I Arkansas will, because he doesn't is, say what state. The hell is that? I'm not. I'm not um, sure. It could be a. It could be a, a life champs outfit. <laughs> Well, I, I can't say that Casey Dick has taken over at Fayetteville High School, and they have gone from perennial state power to now they're 0-4 on the season. <laughs> so, um, Fayetteville – but it may be a reversal of fortune over a decade later. If he starts out 0-8, does Mustang take over for him and lead Fayetteville to the state oh, championship? Oh, for Christ's sake, we can hope so. Uh, Grimsley, the Grimsley. Well, Johnny, you would love that. I'm shocked, Jimmy G, that you weren't all over this. Grimsley is a junior high in Bentonville. The Grimsley Grizzlies are a new junior high in Bentonville. Well, that would be why new junior. We knew this may be old junior high. Is Chief Chief the uh, defensive coordinator? (laughs) Oh. Uh, I've seen those uh, 7A West junior highs, the feeder junior highs into the high schools. He couldn't – Those their offenses are too – he wouldn't be able to know how to solve those offenses. Yep. The eighth school, the Bentonville School District, has opened within the past eight years. Grimsley Grizzlies. 
It rolls off the tongue. Good job, Ty. Uh, one more just to tag on the end of the mailbag, uh, Tom with Ken. He did note, and this is for Johnny's, I'm sure we'll have a comment on this, that he was listening to the pod last week on his back porch, drinking a big cup of Sanka, eating <laughs> head of Jean bacon. So uh, good job, Ken. Way to, way to support the uh, Regipod sponsors. Uh, we're Money, 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 cashing those checks every day. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> fat, drunk, and no caffeine is no way to go through life, son. Razor <laughs> Pride Sports Properties LLC thanks you, Ken. We appreciate it. <laughs> All right, uh, Tom Logan, is that the end of the bag? That's the end. All right. It is now the uh, Tom honored point at the pod in which we opened the floor for some rant. Um, I've deferred my rant last week, so I'm going to go ahead and, and lead off the rants. And uh, I'm going to lead off the rants with the coaches, halftime, and post-game interviews in a COVID world. So if you've seen any of these, the coaches have to stand at this microphone that is on a stand, you know, the requisite six feet away from the sideline reporter at halftime and after the game. And as always, there's tumult and things going on and stuff happening while these interviews are. And the reporter, as they should, has always masked up. So in every coach's interview I've watched so far this year, the coach not only can't hear anything because he's been wearing headphones for two hours, but the reporter's got a mask on. And so every coach is going, huh, huh, uh, uh. they're trying to figure out what the reporter's saying. The reporter has to pull down the mask. And then for some odd reason, the coach pulls down his mask too, because you can't hear with the mask on. It's just a disaster. I mean, is there not like a way they can put on another set of headphones that are tied to a cord to the reporter so they can actually just talk to each other without having to yell through masks and over band or piped in music or whatever's going on. It just irritates me. I mean, surely there's a better way. I mean, have them go to the locker room and get on a Zoom if you want to do it. Baseball's got it figured out. They hand them the headset. Even during the inning, they talk. It sounds great. They record it. They put it on. It's good. It doesn't have to be the way that college football's doing it. So that's my rant. Um, my first one of the year. It's not as good as my usual, but, uh, that's just a, a very pet peeve of mine so far with this new way of broadcasting games. Anybody else got a rant? Um, yeah, a little bit one. First, let's uh, – I'll piggyback on the on-field interviews. I know Tom has mentioned it in some email threads that he enjoys uh, interviewing the baseball players during the game while they're on the field. Um, I think they ought to take it a next step with the, like, uh, football game. Interview the quarterback in the middle of a play. Ask him what he's thinking as he's trying to read a defense uh, with linemen all around him. I mean, it'd be spectacular. <laughs> um, so, uh, my, but my rant is more – it was either this morning or yesterday morning. I was listening to the uh, spectacular morning sports show with uh, Ty Richardson and Tommy Kraft and uh, – those guys, 
and they were talking about um, Burks and Boyd and, like, their chances to play Saturday. And uh, I think Tommy Trapp said, well, it looks like Boyd and Burks – or Burks and, yeah, Rakeem Boyd and, and uh, Traylon Burks will be able to – they're probably on track to play. And Ty Richardson goes, oh, I don't think Burks is playing. Uh, not Burks, Boyd. He said, I don't think Rakeem Boyd is playing. He goes, just, just – I'll leave it at that. And so Kraft says, why? Like, why is he not playing? I'm just going to leave it at that. I don't want to speculate any further. I don't want to speculate any further. I'm just going to leave it at that. Kraft goes, what are you talking about? He goes, I don't think he plays. I'm just leaving it at that. don't want to speculate any further. Just, just a hunt. Don't want to leave it. <laughs> okay. First of all, you're not in the dorm room. I know to be a sports, like a, like a media person, and you're heading one of the biggest morning sports shows in Arkansas, which it's like being the tallest mid but still. Um, <laughs> it's a, but you're a professional. So if you have news, like even if it's off the record, you can say, well, I have sources that he's not going to play or things I'm kind of, you know, just say something. Instead of saying, I don't think he's going to play, and then when you get asked why by your co-host, well, I'm not going to say any more about that. I'm not – that, to me, that seems unprofessional. Now, I'm not – Tom, you were a professional broadcaster at one point. So, um, cool. What, I know what you was have, it? Was you, have some, you have some media experience. So, maybe you're a little oh, bit more oh, well-versed oh. on this. But to me, that doesn't Ooh. sound very professional. More than rec- – so, there's some rec coverage. <laughs> I've, done, I've done it all uh, when it comes to uh, media reporting. I can tell you that. I mean, I was, I was fairly uh, – in the early days of recording and <laughs> tapes and microphones and all that sort of thing. And Whew, bad wreck. I assure you of that. I had a cell phone the size of the, the hippopotamus behind my head. <laughs> and, I mean, I had to go out and code it around with the club and um, make the reports. And, you know, when I had some, when I had scoop, I gave <laughs> I didn't intimate, I didn't uh, comment on the side or suggest, it was news, that's the way we did it, not the way, uh, not the way I'm hearing your, uh, your, your co-host of Mr. Kraft is doing it, I've got a lodge of objection. Good job, Jimmy Olsen. (laughs) All right, Tom, Johnny. I'm rant free. I'm in a good mood. Tom oh. Chardonnay. I've had a, I've had a couple drinks. <laughs> Tom, you got anything? No. Uh, I will note Jimmy G for your benefit. I did see the Fansville uh, ad. Oh, for God's so, sake! It it is in fact back. Um, I, I will also note. For posterity, that uh, Mrs. Williams, uh, in response to something going on with one of our youngins this week, sent me a gif of Larry Culpepper dropping the cokes and or the Dr. Peppers and saying "boom." So you know, not only is Fansville back in my college football life, it's also back in my personal life. So very, very glad to have that in place. Uh, Kim will never escape. <laughs> 
the uh, drama that is Fansville. So happy to happy to have it done. Fantastic. It makes me not want to drink Dr. Pepper ever again. <laughs> um, all right. Anybody have any final concluding thoughts, extra points, anything else they want to no. say? Adios, amigos. All right. Have a good Same one. Slim, all right. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on Razor Pod. Good night.